Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Money starts right now, live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lee. Your traders on the desk are Steve Grasso, Karen Feinerman, Dan Nathan, and Guy Dami. High on our radar, the big countdown to big tech. Facebook, Amazon, Google, Intel, all reporting results next week. How should you position yourself ahead of these big reports? But first, we're following a major developing story in the oil market. Crude shooting higher on news that Iran sees two tankers in the Straits of Hormuz. We're watching this reaction very, very carefully. Karen, you're noting that uh, in the aftermarket session, S&P Futures looked like it was reacting to this. But take a look at the oil market. You would think that there would be a little bit more to this than what the oil market is pricing. And what do you make of all this? Geopolitical doesn't seem to move. It doesn't seem to move oil at all. Steve actually alluded to this a couple days ago, I think. I I don't think geopolitical risk or uncertainty really has any effect on the oil market. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But I do think it has, for the broader market, I think it has huge implications. And, And we'll talk about it quickly. I don't think Iran wouldn't do this on their own, I don't think. I think there's clearly, they got the backing of somebody out there. And I think this has far greater ramifications. I think the market is underestimating how important this is. And again, a VIX at 14, even before this, is too low, in my opinion. You were concerned prior to this. How much yes. more concerned do you get because of this? I am concerned because of this, but not as much as I was concerned about the other fundamental things being that, you know, I'm afraid of uncertainty in the economy, Start with that we're going to start to see it in earnings for, for well, industrial, we saw that yesterday with URI, but... Um, just with spending, by how confident CEOs feel in the economy, how confident they are spending. On the other hand, the consumer is still going gangbusters. We're seeing that. That's the strength in the market for now. Right. Uh, oil has been collapsing. So to Guy's point, uh, you couldn't have scripted a, bu- a more bullish scenario, could you? Right? For oil, yeah. Yesterday, what did Iran want? Iran wanted a deal. That was what rallied the market. So I think this is a little bit maybe behind the scenes, a little puppeteering. I, I don't. I'm, I'm not nervous about this. You're at all. not. It's no big deal. O- oil has been collapsing. I, I think oil would be the first thing that would react to this. Iran wants a nuclear deal. I think that's what's going on. They're trying to maybe pull a Trump. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, listen. You know, crude's down seven percent of the week. I mean, I'll just say this: that if there was any real um, situation with fatalities or something like that, and things really got ratcheted up, you'd see crude back above sixty very quickly. And so, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know who wants what or who's pulling what strings or anything like that. What's pretty clear is that you know the Brits want a deal, the French want a deal, the Germans want a deal. That's why they stuck to the deal. You know what I mean? So this has this sort of thing, the potential from a geopolitical standpoint to kind of uh, splinter a lot of different allies and you know and uh, you know adversaries alike. So there's nothing good uh, about this, unless to your point, Steve, you think it's just pushing everybody to I the table. I think it's pushing everyone to, to a conclusion to try to get a deal done. And I think trade is going to work in with this. So I think you're right. I think it's going to be trade. It's going to be crude. It's going to be the nuclear deal. And somehow, some way, I think we're all going to be okay. Here, here's the problem. I just want to be really serious. I don't mean to sound dramatic. But when you start right. having when you start having boats being deployed and all this sort of stuff, accidents happen. Okay? This is how geopolitical accidents happen. We've I've been very fortunate that we haven't had this sort of stuff. Things are probably about as dire as they get. I don't mean like we got gunboats lined up and this and that or whatever. But it wouldn't take, it just, 
it would take the seizing of a British ship and a couple soldiers, Brit soldiers, you know, to perish or something, and so you got it yourself a situation. You guys are both basically saying that we are underestimating the potential so. risk that could come of this situation. Well, there's two parts. Uh-huh. There's geopolitical risk in the world, which I believe sure. is real. However, it used to be that tensions in the Middle East like this would cause havoc in the oil markets. Yes. But that's not the case anymore because demand of... Demand is so weak. Demand is weak, and, per, and supply is very, very different than it used to be. If you think about U.S. supply, that sort of changes the dynamic. Right. So then maybe the oil market is giving us a false read on this whole situation. I I think that's at the crux of it, is that we are no longer dependent on Saudi oil. We're no longer dependent on Middle Eastern oil. If that were the case, to to Karen's point, years ago, the market would be down, oil would be ripping higher on on these type of headlines. Okay, so then, but let's play this out further, because if we're saying that the oil market is not going to give us the proper read on the level of tensions in this area, then the geopolitical risk that can be introduced to the equity markets could actually be there without us knowing we're looking at the oil market not reacting. Your premise makes a ton of sense, but I look at it the other way, where we haven't seen Trump be Trump on this. We haven't seen his rhetoric ratchet as high as it could have been. He's actually been softer. He's been giving Iran a way out all through this. Tough on nuke, but, but really easy on these incidents. Well, we'll see. I mean, the, the night's still young. Well, that's why you saw the risk coming yeah. off the market. No, the, night, the night's still young, and I agree. I don't think it's a... Ten years ago, this is a crude story. Five years ago, it's probably a crude sure, story. Yeah. I don't necessarily think, to Karen's point, it's a crude story now. I think it's a broader market story. And again... Steve says cooler heads will prevail. I hope that's the case. But to Dan's point, I mean, things, you know, when tensions mount like this, bad things can happen. And I I do think the market underestimates a number of things leading into this. Mm -hmm. And this is just one more thing in a weekend where, I mean, clearly a lot can happen. Yeah. Long weekend ahead here. Uh, meantime, stocks handed in their worst week since May. The Nasdaq falling three quarters of a percent today as we head into a very big week for tech earnings. Facebook, Amazon, Alphabet, Chip Giant, Intel all reporting next week. So we thought this would be the perfect opportunity to play a little game of Trade It or Fade It. That's right. Trade It or Fade It for a Friday. And we kick it off here with Facebook up more than 50 percent on the year heading into the report. So, are you trading it or fading it, guy down? So, you know, given everything I've just said for the last three minutes, you would have said to yourself, self, guys, gotta fade Facebook. Guys, right? gonna fade everything. It sounded like. And no, I'm gonna trade Facebook, and as I've said it for a while, I, I want to hate Facebook for a number of different reasons on a number of different levels, and hopefully one day that'll be the case. But you know what? It sets up really well into earnings. They've had everything's thrown against them over the last couple of months. The stock continues to go higher. The last earnings quarter was ridiculously strong. I think this earnings release should be as well, and I think we make a push towards all-time highs. Awesome. I, I agree. This is sort of like the oil thing. You, you couldn't have scripted a more negative thing for the opposite. You couldn't have scripted a more negative thing for or headwinds for Facebook, but it continues to gain market share with ad revenues. Google continues to lose. Mm-hmm. Even if it's incremental, I would say trade it. What'll be key for you, Karen, as a shareholder? So obviously you're trading it because you're a shareholder. I'm a shareholder, right. So I would trade it. I, I agree, agree with everything Guy said. I think that last quarter was phenomenal. I think that we're going to see another very big top line. I think the question will be, what, what, is, what are the margins, right? How much are they having to spend? I think getting clarity on anything like the FTC uh, penalty, whatever that may be, I think is a good thing for them, like we saw with Boeing yesterday, getting, you know, having some sense of clarity. So I am long, not that I'm not nervous, I am, but I am long. And I think 
you know, Marcus was definitely in the crosshairs. That's over for now. Yeah, and margins is, a, is part of this, but it was always the operating expenses. When they came out with a bigger operating yeah. expense, that sunk the stock in the after-hour session. Here's the thing. I just look at Microsoft today. It had a great quarter last night, okay? And the stock opened on the highs, made a new all-time high, and it closed on the lows. And I think that if you go back and you look at late April when we got Q1 earnings, we saw a lot of price action like this in every single one of these names, Amazon, Facebook, Alphabet, they all rallied into their earnings, and they all saw 7 to 10% declines over the next month. Now, that corresponded with a broad market sell-off in May, but who knows what the, you know, the tail was wagging the dog here, because we yeah. know what MAGA is. We know that it's massive, and, you know, the MAGA complex. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the and, M and, is not for MAGA, well, it's for Microsoft. Look, 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 look. There you go. But, but, but to my point, I mean, I, I, listen, I, I think Google's got their own specific issues. If they have two consecutive um, disappointing results, that stock's going back down towards 1050. Um, Amazon is back up to those prior highs. You know, Facebook, to me, I just think that this one has done its job. It's basically, I, I, I don't disagree on that FTC thing. I think that I do disagree. That's one deal. The thing that they launched in June, uh, in early June, that's a totally separate situation here. So yes. I think those headlines are going to, they're going to trouble Facebook and Google for the rest of the Does time. that mean, you have to ask him, Mel, because does that mean he, fa- he never said it? Thank you. What do you Faded. think? Faded. No, I know, I know what I think. But <laughs> sounds like he faded I mean, Google, too. Some people might have the sound down. I just, down. Let's, let's they don't see know. what Dan has to say about Amazon, also surging into earnings up more than... 30% ahead of the report Thursday. So, what yeah, do you say? I, I just don't think there's any upside. Again, let's just go back to what I just said. <laughs> you know, buy Microsoft at an all-time high. Buy Amazon at an all-time high after they put up a good number. But here's the thing. I think the risk-reward is one up, two down. So, if they get things wrong, you end up having yourself a situation like uh, Netflix earlier in the week. You know how Jim Cramer has a bye-bye-bye? Bye-bye-bye. <laughs> we need a fade-fade-fade for Dan. Fade-fade-fade. Can we make that So, happen? here's one thing I, I want to be really clear. Oh, Some of you guys oh, have been oh, around oh, me oh, for a long oh, time, oh, okay? Yes, I don't mind fading on spikes like this. Sure. I don't press things when they get down right. to levels. Okay, so when Google is down at 1050, I'm not saying sell it because it's going to break or anything like that. So to me, you know, I think you fade moves like this, especially in events after you've had big runs. Why are you raising your hand? Because to back that up, to uh-huh. illustrate a point, to give you anecdotal and real evidence about exactly what he just said. Okay. I recall recently. Yes. When the uh, that electric car company, the Tesla, yes. was pushing <laughs> down towards 170, week, Dan specifically week, said, "You know what? It feels to me as if all the news is in. People getting way too negative. Look at that sucker that now." That was right. He was spot that on. Was right. Well, stay tuned for OA with me and Karen. We're going to talk yeah, a little Tesla. That quite a tease. Nice. Uh, Alphabet here, well off the highs for the year. Chairwoman traded or faded? I'm long. So this one I am the most nervous about because that last quarter, unlike Facebook, that last quarter for Google was really problematic. And I don't know if Dan alluded to his Facebook taking share. I think the pie is growing big enough that Facebook can do, um, first of all, they need to do a much better job on the call than they did. Uh, again, I would love to see them do things, something with the ridiculous balance sheet. But I like that it is nowhere near the highs going into the earnings. <laughs> nowhere near. Right. So uh, I'm glad that it actually pulled back today. I'm long, but I am nervous. Another bad quarter. What you you would like them to do is to return capital shareholders or buy back stock. Yeah. Yeah. One would be a special dividend. If they don't want to get locked into being a dividend payer. I don't like that. It's that it's performed so poorly going into the earnings print. So I would be a fader of it for everything I just said about Facebook. They've been gaining market share in the ad revenue. Google has been losing it, even if it's incremental. And they also have macro headwinds to worry about them being Google. I understand what they're both saying, and, and I, I want to trade it because it makes sense on valuation. It makes sense because it's 1300 was a recent high, and now here we are at 1131, and everything sort of lines up, but I, it just doesn't feel do right. It doesn't feel right. So for those reasons, 
Fade you got to go with your feelings, guys. You got to trust your instincts. Last one, Intel. Grasso, what do you say? Well, in- Intel, you want to talk about who's been eating Intel's lunch? AMD has been eating Intel's lunch. When we look at the Xbox. Self, would you rather right there at the I end? Love it. It. I love it. A game within a game. I think that's going to continue. That's the, that's the trend that we've been seeing. You're seeing Microsoft spatting with Intel. They're replacing Intel chips, potentially rumored, replacing Intel chips with AMD tri- chips. AMD is having a stellar year, not overbought. I'd stay with AMD over Intel. I'd fade Intel. Dan? Yeah, I would just listen. I'm also fading Intel, but not um, aggressively here. I think if you see this stock back in the mid to high 40s, I think you buy it. I know there were some very high-profile delays of some chips. AMD caught some market share. I saw their CEO, Bob Swan, earlier in the week in uh, Fortune's conference this week. He sounded pretty optimistic about all those things we spent a lot of time talking about, uh, Internet of Things, autonomy, and all these acquisitions they've made. So I think that they're thinking about a much better second half of the year. And then you got to go back to Taiwan Semi and what they said. They called the bottom. Intel's probably a quarter or so behind that. All right. Coming up, your call of the day. One analyst is making a big bet on movie theaters, but is there still gold on the silver screen? We'll debate it. And later, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the moon landing with some out-of-this-world trades. Four names that can rocket your portfolio higher. We're live from Times Square, New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Welcome back to Fast Money. AMC getting a touch of movie magic today, jumping more than 9% after Credit Suisse initiated coverage on the theater chain with an outperform. It is our call of the day. Kind of scares me, too. Uh, AMC having a rough go over the past year, but Credit Suisse says a big rebound at the box office could drive this stock higher. What do you think, Dan? Well, listen, I think it's pretty interesting because I think sentiment's been so bad about with all this streaming and all this original content that's coming on platforms like Amazon and Hulu and, you know, direct to consumers, the notion is that, you know, the theaters are going away. But one of the things we do know about millennials, they do like experiences, but they also like Netflix and chill. So to me, I, I think calling the death of the theater is probably a little bit too soon, soon, especially when you think about how much good content is still being made for the big screen. Mm. I feel like I have to take the other side of that only because if you look at these charts, if you look, no, no, I I mean, when was the last time you went to the movies? Old Yeller? Not kidding. Yeah, I know. He's a different age group. He's a a different age group. But when I look at this, I don't know if there's enough uh, moviegoers to actually keep them them alive. There is short interest in these names, 23% in AMC. Aren't children being born every day? Yeah, they are, but, but a lot of them, I mean, a lot of them, new people a lot of them are the grabbing movies. my phone and they're watching Netflix. Yeah, or they're watching Disney Amazon made five Prime. movies in the last year that grossed over a billion dollars. Exactly, what are you talking I, about? I this, hear that. Right, so last year, and that's part of the no, reason why AMC underperformed because they had such a cop, I'm a cop from the last year. Months. So they, they're always chasing the last greatest hit, which makes it tough for them to stay alive, and they have to perform construction on these movie theaters. I mean, good for them. It's a bold call. Not a, there is debt here, so there's some risk there. I, but if you look at Disney with their slate and still, right, if that's not the best right. environment ever to go to the movies, I don't know what is. Lion King is that? You know, we have a Lion new, King. we have a great new EP. 
Kevin. Kevin. And he just yeah. was sort of whispering it in my ear. I mean, I oh, know that sounds sweet. sort of creepy. But Lion King is, and I'll be on, let's be hot out there. Are you don't want to go to a theater. No, I'm not going to go to Lion King. But a lot of people Lion will go to Lion King. Fossa. And I'm going to, listen, maybe I'm taking the other side of the other side, but there's a but, huge hey, short hey, interest the same side. in the AMC. Side, the side, the same side. You know, they into earnings. You know, you've seen what happens in stocks with a 25% short interest. Look at that. I mean, look at that was like real That's lion right there. Yeah. Yeah. But here's another. There's a cre- this wasn't a creepy conversation that I had with Kevin earlier. Oh, look at you bringing <laughs> Listen, Kevin in. Yeah. <laughs> Think about this, right? So what is Disney doing? They're bringing all their content off every other platform. That's Marvel. That's Lucas. That's Pixar. That's all their own generated stuff. They yeah. need to have blockbusters. They will continue to have these massive blockbusters that are built for theaters, and then they keep them all there, and then they get you to subscribe. So you have that catalog for life. They will always do that one-two punch. That's what uh, a company like Disney is. So so good at it, and it will be Iger's legacy. All right, AMC is not the only stock getting a big boost today. Check out shares of department store chain Dillard's topping the tape, soaring more than 22% today. It's best year in a decade. That's so Darren. Yeah, although that was a year's worth of move for Dillard's today. <laughs> I have no idea why this stock moved. It's extraordinary, actually, and I think Dillard's, you, you actually have a duty to say something to your shareholders, even if it's we don't know what is going on, right. or we don't comment on market rumors. If there is something going on, you can say that. You is there a market rumor that you know I of? haven't heard one. Okay. There is a short interest here. Maybe it's just a plain old-fashioned squeeze. I don't know. But Dillard's management, you need to say something to your shareholders before Monday it's morning. It's a 48% short interest in this stock, according wow. to Backset. But I don't see why a short squeeze would be triggered unless there's... A market you know, rumor that would trigger it. You just get you get this frenzy, right? It could right. be Lemmings saying, "I don't know the news, but that guy seems to know what the news is, right. and he's so buying it up 13." Cover. So I'm going to, yeah, yeah, Grasso. Sometimes a short squeeze can be triggered by just levels in the stock as well. It doesn't have to be news. You can have somebody putting out a sloppy order. Everything is done through algos these uh-huh. days, and if you have a blind algo, it starts to chase the other blind algo. You hit a trigger price, and then you get leverage and you get positioning, and that's when caused. When you get it, bought in, though. Day one, or you get a day no, you, before you get bought in if you're short? No, no, it's, it's not even about I understand. Get, you're saying in. that. I'm talking about another right, level could, of force buying. Yeah, it could be that in. day or the day the day after. So it's, it's not a real exact science. All right, we'll watch this on Monday, DDS. Uh, be sure to check out all of today's big movers right now on our website, CNBC.com. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC. Here's what else is coming up on the show. It's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. It's been 50 years since man first stepped foot on the moon. Coming up, we have some out-of-this-world trades that could power your portfolio for the next 50 years. And later, it's Tesla time. We're handing over the keys to what's sure to be one of Wall Street's most-watched earnings reports. Stick with us. Fast Money rolls on after this quick break. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. 
That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Welcome back to Fast Money. 50 years ago this weekend, history was made on the moon with Neil Armstrong taking his historic giant leap forward for mankind. So 50 years later, what is next for the final frontier? Morgan Brennan joins us live from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida with a new look at the new space race. Hey, Morgan. Hey, Mel, that's right. So it has been 50 years since that historic Apollo 11 mission from here at Kennedy Space Center. And we are really on the precipice of a new era, one that Chad Anderson, the CEO of early stage investment firm Space Angels, calls an entrepreneurial space age. We've gone from a dozen privately funded companies in the world to now 476 companies today. They've raised 22 billion of equity capital over that period of time. Um, and so we really have a robust uh, market economy happening right now. Morgan, Morgan Stanley estimates that the space economy could top a trillion dollars by 2040. And there are other estimates out there that go even higher than that. Elon Musk, SpaceX has helped lead the way with its reusable rockets that are driving down launch costs. And Jeff Bezos, Blue Origin, which has a rocket factory just down the road from here, is also poised to become a major and formidable player in this market. Overall, companies are focusing on everything from 3D printing to small rockets to habitats, even space tourism. And while there are established aerospace and defense names that are traded, names like Lockheed Martin, Boeing, Northrop Grumman, Raytheon, and Aerojet Rocketdyne, this new space era is really poised to get its first test from Wall Street, likely before the year is out, when Sir Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic becomes the first publicly traded commercial human space flight company. Melissa? All right, Morgan, thank you, Morgan Brennan. Um, let's let's talk about that. I mean, we, we talked about that the day that they yeah. announced that Chamath was going to take a stake and yeah. bring it public. Well, they're basically. buying it. So they're, they're yeah. using this shell company and they're merging the two companies together. And uh, Sir Richard Branson is going to be a, the chairman. And, you know, listen to me. What's interesting about that is the size of this deal. It's a billion and a half uh, enterprise value. It's small. So if they get the smallest things right and you invest in that over a long time horizon, you're probably going to have, you know, a nice piece of something in the space era that you just can't access right now. You can't get Blue Origin, you can't get SpaceX. Don't tell me that you don't believe that man... I, no, 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 no. <laughs> of course we did, 50 years ago. No, stop. No, because you told me online that you stop, do not believe Stop, it. I didn't tell you. You know what's interesting? <laughs> you know what would be interesting? We do remotes from this show. We go to, like, Chicago. Like, oh, sure. Can you imagine if we did Might it from, go. like, the space station? How fun would that oh, be? Yeah. Fast money from space. Right? Some might argue that we're already wow. there. <laughs> All right, in honor of the moon landing anniversary, our traders are bringing you their own out-of-this-world stock. So, Grasso, why don't you kick it off? I'm going to keep the same theme, north of Grumman. It's up 31% year-to-date. Keep this one on a tight leash. It's uh, trading around 322. Exit if it trades down to 314, but I think you have about 15% upside from here. I love this music. It's, so it's my wedding song. <laughs> How'd that work out? Dude looks like a lady. Dude looks like a lady is your wedding. Or highway to hell. It's the first dance. Okay. Uh, Chairwoman. Yes. I mean, I'm going with the most moonshotty thing I could think of, which is Bitcoin, which could just go spectacularly stratospheric. 
It could also burn up in the atmosphere and leave a lot of guys at computers crying and very, very sad. Both of those two outcomes are possible. So for just the biggest, the moonshot is of it, Bitcoin. I like how she brought out the metaphor. I got a metaphor for you. I got a metaphor <laughs> for you. Okay, yeah. Let's do lift. I think lift is lifting oh, off lift here. Off. Oh, so nice. this thing priced at oh, 72 bucks uh, back in April. It's been trading between 55 and 65 ever since then. It's breaking out right now. I think this thing gets back above its IPO price prior to earnings on August 7th. And I'm going to tie a ribbon around the whole thing. I'll do it. 50 years ago, probably one of the premier U.S. companies. What was it? Yes, it was General Electric, right? And you talk about it's going to take a while to get to Mars. It might take a while for this company to start getting it together. Larry Culp is your astronaut, though. Nice. That does it for us. See you back here Monday. Don't move. Auctions Action's up next. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.